What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I collect sports cards. I have a podcast about collecting sports cards. Are you ready to talk about a fun topic that is outside of the parallels that we've been talking about? Yes, we are running off course. I don't know how long we're going to do this, but we're going to do it. I'm talking with my man, Christopher, at Borderland Cards, and we are talking about the steps you take in order to build the best player collection of your player in the world. He is an Aaron Jones collector, and I had a fun time learning about his approach, uh, philosophy, and mentality. I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. I know I did, unlocking that new character on the damn program. I am having a blast connecting with other members of the community. I want to shout out to all of the loyal listeners and all the members of the Patreon community. I'm putting out a lot of exclusive content in that group. That group has been amazing. It's been super motivating. So if you're interested in hearing more from me and other collectors, check out the Patreon group. A link is in the show notes. Also check out the weekly rip. My newsletter It's going out, hitting your inbox every Sunday and shout out to companies like Card Ladder, the official data provider of Stacking Slabs, for supporting this damn show. Let's kick into the conversation. All right, we are unlocking a new guest on here. I got my man Christopher at Borderland Cards, taking a little journey off of the parallel uh, train to focus in on a topic that I think is super fun. I think about this all the time, especially in my Andrew Luck collecting. And we're going to talk today about how to build the best collection of a player. Christopher, welcome. How are you? I'm doing good, Brett. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I'm excited to get into this topic. It's something I got back into the hobby for and excited to share a little bit of it. I know we were chopping it up but like uh, beforehand, but maybe we are talking the day after the Super Bowl. Like, Do you have any remarks? Like, What are you left with after the Super Bowl? What's kind of your lasting impression after the game? Um, honestly, with Patrick Mahomes being class of 2017 and the player I collect, Aaron Jones, being in that same draft class, I'm, I'm thrilled. I mean, he's easily the best football player in, in the National Football League right now. Probably might go down as one of, if not the greatest. So, no, it's, it's exciting, man. We have a, another hopeful 10 years of this guy chasing history, and it's going to be fun to watch. Yes, he is truly special. And I didn't make the connection on the rookie year of Jones and Mahomes, but that's fun. I was going to start with like discussing before we get into the topic, like your collection and Aaron Jones, maybe talk us through how you zeroed in on him and what is it about Aaron Jones that kind of drives your overall collecting? So, I mean, it was pretty easy transition. Um, Me and Aaron, we played in high school against each other in basketball pretty much from early middle school into the end of high school. And I mean, it didn't click in my head until the pandemic when everyone jumped back into the hobby that, you know, Hey, this would be kind of fun to kind of dive into. He's got a, a tie to El Paso. Obviously I have a personal connection to him as well. And it just made sense. I didn't know how deep this was actually going to go once I started picking cards up but I just ran with it. And now we're here trying to build the best collection I possibly can for, for this guy who's, who's probably going to go down as one of the best, if not the best El Paso athletes of all time. 
did you get back into collecting kind of when everyone else did during the pandemic? Yeah, I did. Um, I don't know what sparked it. I, I don't know. I can't even pinpoint what happened. Uh, definitely the whole wax era, um, the retail, like chasing that kind of sparked it a little bit. But uh, I stumbled on a 2020 NFL or a Prism draft picks. So his UTEP card. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I like UTEP. It's the hometown college. Let me go after this. And then it just spiraled from there. I, I just went down the rabbit hole and started picking up everything I could find without really having any knowledge of the hobby. Because I originally collected Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards when I was a kid. And I guess that kind of transitioned into wanting to collect everything I possibly could, not really having a vision of it. And yeah, so COVID kind of jump-started the whole collecting and haven't looked back since. So it's interesting because so many of us joined, rejoined the hobby during that time. And we're being told like what to go after and what not to go after. And certainly like in one of these like narratives that we all have to listen to, one of those things is like, don't collect running backs. Like they hold mm-hmm. no value and you're just like, whatever, like, I don't care. I'm going to go collect running backs. How was that? Was there like a, a, did you have to like just overcome that and be like, what the, what's being said or what people think about running backs doesn't matter to me because like I have my own situation and this is how I want to spend my time collecting. Like, how did you navigate that? Mm, Honestly? Yeah, it was a little bit of a hurdle Uh, kind of going into it. I didn't know any of that. I just was like, all right, I want to collect this guy. I have the connection to him starting to get deeper into the hobby. You're like, Oh, this might not have been the best way to spend money. And as it just progressed, I started looking at it from a little bit of a different lens. I mean, maybe it won't have that big spike that, you know, the quarterbacks or the the superstars will have. But I think there's uh, something about building a certain collection and having those certain cards. I know in a lot of the episodes you have, it's it's about the the parallel holding its value, not so much who the player is, just a matter of like, let's say the PMGs or the, the rubies. Certain cards will just hold those those values as time goes on. And with this collection, I was like, you know what? I'm going to look at it from a different side. Yeah, they won't get those big spikes, but it's also so much cheaper of a price point to get into that I can go after everything, man. So I looked at it from that side, glass, glass half full. And, eh, you know, it, it gives me joy. I, I enjoy putting this collection together. And at the end of the day, that's what I think it's all about. And I, I was going to ask you about like the drivers of the collection and how I don't know like there's a I feel this when I collect like Andrew Luck stuff where it's like the price point at which I can get in on some of this stuff in his best cards and acquire them are a percentage of what like someone who's actually stepping on the field today um, commands like from a quarterback position I don't know like how, how satisfying is that to spend a hundred, 200 bucks on an Aaron Jones card that maybe is a one of one, or maybe is a card you've been after that is not like breaking the bank, but is you're spending a little bit of money, but then on the other side, you're getting something that is super unique. Like how, how satisfying has that been for you as you're building out this Aaron Jones PC? It's huge. Honestly. I mean, it keeps me going. If, if I had to drop six, seven, 10, 15 grand every card. I would, dude, I have a weak collection at this point. Probably would have given up. So, not being able to find these cards, they kind of just go under the radar. Um, 
I will say that the Kaboom just released for for Aaron. That card's going for a stupid price. Um, how do people do this on a regular basis? Like what? I mean, some people have it like that, I guess. But yeah, the price points are are super attractive and it keeps me excited. I get to get a new mail day, a, a super rare mail day most of the time uh, for relatively low and just keeps the collection growing even better. So is because you are sp- like specialized to Aaron Jones and you're spending so much time in that Aaron Jones lane, is it like when you see the Kaboom card in an Aaron Jones and it's like, two, three X more than you're used to spending in you, then you like understand like the rarity and scarcity of these things. Is that like to you an immediate red flag to be like, all right, maybe I'll get this card, but it's not going to be anytime soon because these prices don't measure up to the other stuff I'm buying. Well, so since it's a, I learned a pretty interesting lesson with Kabooms uh, going after Devin Booker's Kabooms in uh, during the pandemic. Oh, I got burned so bad on those. And, uh, you know, going into this one, I'm like, dude, I know there's more of these than meets the eye. Granted, they are, you know, short printed, but the only one I'm going to drop an absurd amount on is going to be the green one of one. You know, if that mm-hmm. one comes up, I know I'll have to bite the bullet and just go for it. But on these one, on, on just the base booms, it's like any card. If As soon as they hit the market, they've got everyone's, you know, attention. People are spending the most to get the first copy on market. And being in this for a few years now, I'm like, okay, patience. Don't rush in. You're gonna regret it. Someone's gonna hit the hit the buy it now, and you're gonna be like, damn, I'm not gonna get another one. Another one always pops up. As long as it's not serial printed and there isn't just one of them, you'll be able to get another one for a reasonable price if you're patient. Have you? Uh, are, what is the community like? I feel like Aaron Jones is like the perfect player to talk about because he's a really, really good player at a position that's not like the most desirable position in the hobby, but has like name recognition through fantasy football and is a part of a team like the Packers who have a really strong, like team collecting base. Have you through your journey with collecting Jones, have you met a bunch of other Aaron Jones collectors? Is it like a competitive thing? Are you sharing information, buying and selling cars off of each other? Like, what does that look like? Honestly, I don't think there's a ton of Packers collectors out there, but a lot of them focus on, you know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Jordan Love, the quarterbacks, Aaron Jones collectors. I think I've met like three or four of them. Really, really great people. Uh, I've bought cards off of them. I think at this point, not to like toot my own horn or anything, they kind of know I'm the crazy guy who spends way more (laughs) than anyone else. And there's really no point in trying to compete. So from that standpoint, there's really not a huge collector base of this, uh, of Aaron Jones. So the competition isn't too crazy. Uh, obviously, there have been a couple of scenarios where, you know, I'll lose it to one of them. One of the cool acquisition stories I have actually is, is for his 2017 auto, uh, Black Finite Auto. It was sitting on, uh, on eBay, about 2500 bucks. And I was like, I can't get this. I don't have the money right now. I don't know what I'm going to do. Try negotiating back and forth. Someone ended up buying it. I'm like, who the hell is buying this card for 2,500? Who's who's crazy? I I end up getting a hold of the buyer, and we built up a, a pretty good relationship. It turns out he had the entire rainbow. That was the last card he was missing. So it worked out. 
I learned where the rest of the set was, took me a little bit of time. I was able to negotiate with him, took me about four, maybe three or four years before he finally (laughs) said, all right, I'll sell you the whole thing. And that was kind of the only time I was like, all right, there might be other crazy Aaron Jones collectors. I don't think there's many, but for the most part, it's a small group and competition isn't too crazy on it. So with a card like that, um, a significant card and a premium product that a lot of people desire, that card had to have been, especially since you knew where it was, had to have been just in your brain in a card that was like front and center that you wanted for a very long time. Like as a collector, how did you like manage that with with yourself and just this collection you're trying to build and knowing that a piece is in a certain place, but knowing that maybe now is not the right time for it. Like, how did you manage that internally? Um, Honestly, it came down to knowing I couldn't afford it at the time. So my goal was to just, you know, save up, focus on. So obviously cards aren't my full-time job. Go into my full-time jobs, do as good as I can to make sure whenever the time arises that I'll be able to, you know, pay the guy whatever he wants that's kind of how I internalized it. I was like, all right, there's a reason I didn't buy it. And it was to find out who had the whole set. That's first and foremost. I kind of took that and ran with it. And then after I knew where the card was, I knew it wasn't going to go anywhere without me getting a crack at it. I was like, all right, well, go put the money aside, go get ready to buy it whenever the time comes. Cause it always comes for whatever reason. I, I, I like to think that these people will sell eventually for me. Once it gets into my collection, dude, there's no way. Like the only way the card is coming out is if Aaron himself wants it. And I'm like, the whole collection. So from that standpoint, someone could be as crazy as I am and never sell the cards. But in my you know short time in the hobby, I found that everyone sells at some point. It's just a matter of being ready uh, financially when that time comes. Dude, that's such, it's so true. And that's such good advice. And I love like how you describe your collecting where we all have, like we have cards that we, we buy and we don't plan to sell, but like, it sounds like all the cards that you're picking up, like there's a reason for it. And you're not like, you're not playing this like consolidation game. Like once they're there, they're there. So like when you're think when you're trying to fund your next purchase, it's based on like, money you're getting from your job, money coming in, and you're using that to apply it to these purchase, these cards that are out there that you want. And you're not necessarily taking equity out of your PC to make that happen. Do I understand that correctly? Yeah, dude, I have a serious problem with consolidating. I don't even know what that is. I know you guys talk about it quite a bit. (laughs) Maybe I should learn how to do that. Maybe it'll free up some funds for me. Dude, I don't know how to do it. Like, and most of the time it's because I'm not buying duplicates too often once i buy a card it's because i need it for this set and that's it you know i'm not going to break up this set to consolidate into to another card it kind of defeats the purpose for what i'm trying to accomplish and yeah yeah, consolidating is not how i'm going to play the game uh it's more like go make more money if you want to buy more cards, and that's the only way you're going to get it done i love it I love how there's like that you've got this like foundation and this reason why you collect Jones, which I think having that foundation is uh, can be super powerful and it can is probably one of the big reasons why you don't want to give up any of these cards. Mm-hmm. When we talk about you know building like the best collection for a certain player, what maybe approaches and strategies, things that you're doing on a daily basis to kind of 
re- kind of reach that point? Like, what? Are, how are you thinking about specific cards? Like, what types of things are you doing t- to be in the position where you can be like, you know what, everyone, I'm the best Aaron Jones collector out there. I mean, it's taking like little bits and pieces of everyone's collecting, uh, how they build their collections, whether it be you uh, building your Andrew Luck collection, going after the golds, you know, everyone loves the golds, the black finites. You got to have those in the PC if you want to consider it one of the best collections of a certain player. And just watching how other people collect and going after the cards that fit that mold for other people. And then also kind of blending in cards that I like. So certain cards that might not have very much appeal to the public absolute there's some absolute parallels that i like that i'll go after i'm like i just like this card i'll put that one aside building as many of the one ones as you can i think will help solidify the the best collection of someone and you know just being selective because uh, when i first started i told you i just bought everything and i was like just oh it has aaron jones name on it buy it that was the wrong approach i didn't learn that for quite a while but now that uh, I'm running out of space in these these cases and I'm like, I can't keep storing cards everywhere. It's just being a little bit more, you know, quality over quantity type of a collector and seeing, OK, what can I live without? Let other people have it, because if there aren't other collectors of this guy, there really won't ever be a market for it. So kind of letting some cards go that don't fit what I'm looking for, whether that be. I'm not so interested in sticker autos at this point. Uh, memorabilia, I've kind of cut out completely. I don't really like patch cards unless it's like a shield. I'll go after some shields because those kind of fit the mold of, you know, what collectors enjoy having in their collection. So I'll go after those once in a while. But it, it's really just being selective. That's the only way you can do this, build the collection, obviously, that you want, but also that, you know, other people might appreciate. and kind of going after the cars that you like. You mentioned uh, Absolute, and I think it's, we know like probably the bigger bigger cards from the bigger brands, and I'm sure we'll talk about those that are in your collection, but you mentioned like Absolute. I think what are, when you're making those decisions, what are some of maybe those products or parallels that aren't on Instagram or you don't see regularly that, you really really enjoy and maybe like what is it about those cards that aren't like on the front page of you know the hobby the hobby newspaper that you connect with like what are those what are those cards and maybe what are those qualities first and foremost honestly any card that references El Paso I instantly gravitate towards I'm like oh this is why I got in it for the first place so if there's any mention of his hometown or El Paso on the card itself. I'm like, that's a must-have. I, I have no no choice but to put that in the collection. Um, aesthetically, if, if they just look cool, I, I like. There's one card. One the Origins. Origins has mm-hmm. a really nice card. I think 2020. That I'm like, damn. I just like the way this looks. Plus, it mentions El Paso in there, so it's a you know checks two boxes at once for me. Mainly just tying it back to to why I got into it in the first place. And that's the hometown. And then if I like what they look like, because obviously being a Pokemon and and Yu-Gi-Oh collector, this aesthetics, there's really no other reason you're getting into those cards for. So aesthetics and then touching on on why I started, those are the two main things, regardless of the parallel or if they're popular or not. That's what I'm going for. 
So you're posting these cards that you pick up and you're doing it consistently, you know, as you pick them up. And so this is what I found. I found when I post my cards and I do it consistently and it follows a trend, like the last, like six out of the last 10 posts were of Andrew Luck cards. And that happens in amounts. People are like, start to view you and your brand by those players that you post. Do you find because you're posting Aaron Jones cards that the community, especially maybe the Instagram community starts to recognize you as the Aaron Jones card. And there's a lot that can benefit from posting your cards in that scenario. Absolutely. Um, Two people that come to mind are out of the bat, uh, Jesse flippity flip cards. He's always sending me Aaron Jones parallels and I'm so grateful for it, man. That's such a, a cool little DM to get whenever I do get it. I'm like, Oh, this guy, this is a real one for me. He's helping me out build this collection when, you know, he doesn't have to, he has no, no reason to. We're obviously collecting two totally different types of player. He's a wide receiver collector and I'm a running back collector, one running back at that. And then uh, another one who helped me grab, I mean, if I, I would say it's, the, the grail of my collection, uh, NorCal Rips. He's another guy who sent me the 2017 Black Finite rookie card. Mm. When someone pulled it back in, I think 2022. So that one was like, oh, damn. Thank you so much. I would never have found it. It was some breaker that I'd never heard of. And those people that genuinely just enjoy you know, seeing what I collect and trying to help build that collection have helped me tremendously. And yeah, it's the network is everything. So were you uh, the Black Finite where it got pulled in 2022? Were you like before it got pulled? Were you were, did you were you just like super curious, curious on like if that card was around or anywhere like and then like talk us through that moment of when that like DM hit, like what was going on in your head? I mean, dude, I was freaking googling 2017 prism black finite aaron jones constantly likes like someone was gonna post it out of nowhere one day and i would just find it yeah for the longest time just hunting it down kind of had an idea about that it was in a box somewhere at this point you know most of the cards you're able to track down and this one just was a ghost and i'm like damn i'm never gonna see this card because those boxes are just stupid i'm not affording those anymore thanks patrick yeah. <laughs> When that one popped up, he sent the DM and I was like, oh, damn. Okay, perfect. Jumped on it right away, hit up the breaker, hit up whoever had it. That was a month long conversation with the gentleman who ended up pulling it. It was like a private box break between the the breaker and then this other guy. Uh, His name's Larry the Filler Killer. (laughs) He came out of nowhere during the pandemic, man. This dude was ripping all kinds of boxes. He pulled this one out. And uh, it was a tough negotiation to go back and forth with this guy. He he was like, this is the first black finite I've ever pulled. And like, dude, you don't need this. This is this belongs in my collection. What are you doing? About, I want to say almost a year before he finally decided to let me have it. And yeah, that was a fun chase. Once I knew it was, it was out in the open and I, it wasn't in the collector's hands, like a Packer collector or anything like that. I was like, all right, now it's just a matter of, putting the money aside, getting ready whenever he is ready to let it go and have the money to, to grab that card. That's amazing. Do you, so obviously like from a positioning perspective, he knew like, this is a key card for you based on who you collect. Yeah. How did you 
like, and we don't need to talk money values, but I'm just curious how you prepared to make a strong enough offer that was going to get the deal done. Like, how did you comp it? Like, talk us through that. Oof, comp it. Honestly, uh, I kind of tried to get a little bit of insight on how uh, Chris uh, over at Chris Hoge, how he attacked his uh, CMC Black Finite Chase. I was like, all right. It's going to be the closest I'm going to get to someone. Obviously, CMC is a little bit, I would say he's a little higher caliber than than Aaron Jones. He's got a little bit more, you know, name recognition. But similar running back, same class. How did, how did he go about it? So I touched, I picked his brain for a little while, kind of looked at, all right, how much have I spent on other black finites of Aaron Jones prior to that one? And then at the end of the day, man, kind of just have to, it is what it is. Like the dude's what he wants. I don't really have any negotiation power here. It's he knows what I want. He knows that I need the card. And at some point I'll just give him a number and hope he says, okay, that'll work. And that's kind of how it worked. Yeah, that's when they know they know. And we just gotta do we gotta do whatever we can to keep our our name at the top of that list. So Black Finite, rookie, if I'm thinking about collecting a modern player, to me, that would be prob- that, that would That's not a probably. That's a, to me, if I'm ranking the cards, rookie Black Finite would be at the top of my list. So like you have checked that box. What are some of the other cards that you think would need to be in consideration in this era that you either have or you don't have? that you would consider to be like cards required in order to be like the best, have the best Aaron Jones collection. I mean, and it's kind of tough because he was such an underrated draft pick going into the league. So he doesn't have a lot of the, you know, better named cards. He doesn't have a shield rookie auto. Uh, He doesn't have very many of the, you know, field level selects. He's got the concourse. That was a fun one to pick up, but as far as what cards I still need that I feel like would cement the collection, one off the top of my head is the uh, Contenders Rookie Autograph because that one has El Paso stamped on it. And obviously it's an on-card auto. So I feel like once I get that one, I'll pretty much cement the collection if it isn't already there. I don't think anyone's going to catch up to it at this point. That one, I remember when I first got into the hobby and kabooms were the big deal. I, I remember messaging Panini like, put Aaron Jones in the kaboom set, damn it. And now that that card dropped, I'm like, all right, well, now that that happened, I need to go after the green one of one, just because I don't know if he'll get into very many other, of the, you know, the print runs for that set. Other than that, man, I, I feel like this one is just trying to keep up with, with the prism runs. They'll never stop those. I mean, excited to see what tops does. Hopefully he can get into a couple of those sets. That'll be fun to incorporate those cards in there. But yeah, it's just at this point, I, I feel like I've collected all of the cards I need to collect for this collection to be, you know, top tier. Now it's just picking and choosing what else I want to add because I can't keep collecting everything at this point. There's just too much that they're doing. What are maybe two or three other cards in your collection that um, sit next to that Black Finite as like some of your favorite cards and why? Mm, I loved the... 2020 mosaic set the first mosaic set that they re-released after they discontinued it from prism and started it as its own brand that one was a really fun one to chase 
it was a father and son duo who had built the whole collection or the whole set and uh they did not want to move it and the one of one no huddle came up on ebay and i smashed by it now instantly and they were like really just sell me this one please like this finishes the rainbow for us i'm like i can't like i I really want to get you there but i just can't do it i it took three or four years for me to finally convince them to to let it go and that one's one set that i'll just because it took so long it was a fun little chase back and forth between us and that one will pretty much be in the collection forever just because of the story. And then the 2017 select concourse set, that one was the first one of one I got of, of Aaron. And it's just a really good looking card. And the story behind it was, I had a friend in Utah who, who actually picked it up for me because the gentleman who owned it was in Utah. And he was like, I just don't feel comfortable shipping the cards out. And funny enough, my friend had just moved down there that year. I was like, perfect. I'll, I'll get my guy to go pick it up from you. Here's the money. And it was a fun little, make it even more personal. I pick it up from, from a good friend of mine. And that's a set I'll have in the collection for forever as well. I love it. Maybe like, I'd be curious, rounding the corner and closing this out. What have you found? And maybe you don't know any different, but what, what have you found are maybe the benefits of just like being super focused and collecting Aaron Jones, as opposed to maybe some of the other ways to collect that you see on Instagram through content or other sources? I mean, it's helped me stay out of the whole wax and breaking kind of phenomenon. That is so expensive. I I dabbled in that for like one or two breaks. I'm like, I can't do this. This is just not getting me anywhere. So it's kind of helped me avoid that. And then, yeah, dude, if I had to try and collect quarterbacks like you, I don't even know what I'd be doing at this point because that's just such an expensive little hobby to try and tackle. It's it's obviously got the upside, but with the running backs, like I said, it's just, you know, such a low barrier to entry. I enjoy it. Keeps me involved in the game, so that's fun. But it's staying focused kind of helps in all areas of life. I'm just focused on one thing, try not to get distracted with the others. Obviously, Devin Booker teaches me, dude, the prices are a little different when you get into superstar level. So going after Devin Booker cards is a lot more difficult than going after Aaron Jones. So I'm able to, you know, balance it, keep it relatively easy compared to trying to chase after this superstar whose cards are just on another level of price. So that that keeps me grounded. I'm like, all right, I'd rather just build this collection of this guy who I have a connection to, regardless of what the values are, and just keeps it fun for me. You can find him on Instagram at Borderland Cards. Just a ridiculous collection of Aaron Jones cards. Christopher, thanks for jumping on, sharing your story. We'll have to do this again soon. Yes, sir. Brett, appreciate you, man. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Christopher at Borderland Cards. I love talking to collectors about focus topics like building out the best player PC possible. Go follow that man and go check out the Patreon group if you're looking for more collector-driven topics and content. The link is in the show notes. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around. We'll be back. More Stacking Slabs on the other side. Peace.